this one into the night. Jimmy Rollins is going to turn for three. Here he comes. In the air, down the right field line. Way back there. On an RBI hit by Mitchie Poole. Here's the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is. Oh! What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm your host, Ty Dobbert. We're coming back another episode after the Phillies with just two of the most ridiculous wins you will ever see. Very mind-boggling games, but they come together against the Chicago Cubs to put together two wins to end that series and put themselves, even after all the frustration over the past whole season, past four whole seasons they put themselves within striking distance again i it's kind of hard to explain but they have themselves a shot so we're going to talk about it on this episode i'm joined by my co-host nathan ackerman he's going to talk to me about the phillies and their their chances we're going to get into it so nathan how are you doing what are what are your thoughts on the past two games by the phillies and just kind of the the phillies as a whole right now my thoughts on the last two games for the Phillies is, like you said, neither of them made any sense. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. We were talking about it before we started, you know, taping the show. It's like any normal team would use these last two games as, you know, a reason to get hot and they'll go out and they'll win six of seven or seven of eight or something like that after this. But come on, we know this team all too well. They'll probably win one or two, maybe two of three against the Mets and then like get swept by the Orioles or just something stupid like that. So, yeah, they were exciting games. Um, it's kind of crazy looking up. I feel like the end of the season is kind of like sneaking up on us. There's only 16 games left, but they're in it. They're alive, I guess. Well, I don't want to say it's all you can ask for because they should probably be in a better position than this, but three games out of each race or something like that, three, three and a half out of the wild card. It's, it's exciting. Yeah, so it's three out of the division and then two and a half yeah. out of the wild card. Yeah, um, yeah we, t- we touched on these Cub games a little bit. I, I think we have to give a little more context here. The Phillies, uh, it, it seemed like they were in a good position with the Rockies coming up. It was a, a rough series against the Brewers. Uh, after they started it with a big 12 nothing win, they go in, they lose 10 nothing the next day, just what else could you expect after 12 nothing 12 nothing victory they lose another one against the brewers you think all right home against the rockies they have a chance to make up some of that ground the rockies uh the worst road team in major league baseball the phillies lose three out of the four games there against the rockies then they drop the first game against the cubs things were kind of spiraling and then they appeared to blow a game again against the cubs in the in that second Second game of the series on Tuesday, sorry, on Wednesday it was, look, appear to be blowing it. And then just a lot of craziness happens. They end up winning the game on a walk-off past ball. Um, the Phillies have lost two walk-offs this year on balls that got by the catcher. One was on Real Muto against the Cardinals. There's the one with Andrew Knapp against the Padres. If I don't think I'm forgetting one, but I, I think there's only two. But the Phillies, you know, they flip the script a little bit. They take one of those games. And then they go out the next day on Thursday. They get down 7 nothing early. 7 nothing, And it appeared that they were done. They climb all the way back. And then they win in a blowout 
17 to 8. Harper hits a huge home run. Just two of the more ridiculous wins that you will see in a row. And yeah, like you said, it appears that that could be a way to get them hot. I don't know if it's going to work, but it, it could be the start of something. Harper is playing as well as ever. I think he's with with Tatis not playing as many games as Harper with nobody in the National League putting together the kind of season like somebody in the American League, uh, like like the names Otani, Guerrero. Nobody's putting together that season in the NL. I think Harper has to be the front runner. Nobody's putting together that season in the NL, but Harper leads baseball in OPS and weighted runs created plus. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he's played, he's played fewer games is, is yeah, basically what I'm saying. Sure. Nobody's done it yeah. over the complete full season. Tatis and Harper just not playing as many games. So nobody yeah. in the total war numbers, I would say, is quite as high as Guerrero. Harper is still sneaking up there, even though he's played a like, bunch of fewer games and in the NL. I would say, yeah, he's the front runner. Something, something would have to go yeah. drastically different for him to not win the award at this point. First things first, I just want to get this out of the way. You said they appeared to blow the game on Wednesday. They did blow the game on Wednesday twice. Uh, 32 right. blown saves, 32 blown saves on the season. Now that's too shy of tying the major league record. And it's just, we don't, we don't need to talk about this a super long time because, you know, it kind of is, is what it is, but it's just incredible to me how, the Phillies will probably set the record for most blown saves in a season in major league history. And yet the bullpen will have taken a significant step forward in my personal opinion from last season, but whatever, that's a, that's a different conversation. I'm going to, I'm going to throw some numbers at you about Harper and where he stands in relation to the rest of the NL MVP race, but mainly just Fernando Tatis Jr. Cause it seems like it's coming down to those two. There are some other guys on the fringes like, Max Muncy, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, those kind of guys. But it seems to me like it's between um, Tatis and Harper. Harper, right? Six fewer homers. His batting average, if you're a big batting average guy, 25 points better. OBP, 55 points better. OPS, 47 points higher. OPS plus is seven points higher. Slugging percentage is only eight points worse. His F4 is 0.3 better. His weighted runs created plus is 12 better. He's tops in, in baseball, as I said. His WOBA, 22 points better. His B-WAR is 1.2 worse. And the only other stats that go in um, Tatis's favor is he has, Harper has two fewer runs, 14 fewer RBIs, and 12 fewer stolen bases. 18 more at-bats, too. So you can say that he missed time, but actually not as much as Fernando Tatis Jr. did. So, look, to me, coming into the last month of the season, it seemed like Tatis was the front runner and he probably was. And it seemed like it was his race to lose. And it probably was at this point. I don't even think Harper's just the MVP. I think he's running away with it to me. It's not particularly close as things stand right now. That could change in the last couple of weeks. There's still 16 games, you know, left in the season, but right now, I mean, it's, it's Harper by maybe not a landslide, but pretty close. Yeah. And, and another thing I want to touch on, you mentioned all the stats at Harper offensively, other than, than the RBI number being, being low, he's just really running away with it. Like you said, um, for the kind of people that think the MVP has to be, you know, on a playoff team or like a really good team, they have to be the best player on a really good team, that kind of thing. Um, the Padres, they are, Kind of in a similar yep. position as the Phillies. They're on the outside looking in right now. 
They have a series coming up with the Cardinals, who currently have the second wild card spot. And Vince Velasquez is starting their first game of that series, I believe. I'm um, so excited for that. I cannot wait. Vince Velasquez, of course, recently designated for assignment and then released by the Phillies. Really, truly the end of an era, one of the longest tenured Phillies. Uh, so that has come to a close. But the Padres, they're a team that were expected to be up there with, with the Dodgers. And they are not. They currently have Vince Velasquez and Jake Arrieta in their starting rotation, which is very funny to say the least, that is, that is funny. Um, a lot of, a lot of injuries, a lot of things going wrong for them. They're probably like, they're a better team than this. Like yeah. this is just kind of a disaster of a season for them. And I would expect next year they're going to be better, but yeah, they, they might not be in the playoffs either. And I, I would say that it's kind of, kind of odd that, you know, the two MVP front runners in the, in a league are probably not going to be in the playoffs. You can argue either way. Maybe one of these teams sneak in, but just kind of a thing there. So there's not really an advantage with, with Tatis on that front. Like somebody you, you might've thought a little while ago when the Padres were, you know, not in this position. Do you think there's any consideration to given to the may that Harper had, where if you take out the may numbers, and even if you just take out that one stretch where he went, over 16 with 10 Ks and he had a walk in there. So that's, that's nice. But if you take out that, that stretch and that horrible month when he should not have been playing, I mean, his, his, his OPS would be hovering around or would be over 1.1, which is just absurd. I mean, that's absurd. Do, do you think yeah. that, do you think, do you think when it, when it comes time to vote, the voters are going to say, yeah, Harper had a tremendous year, but it, really should have been even better through no fault of his own? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely a footnote, but he also did play the game. So I guess you can't really, because when you miss games, you know, that counts against you too. So yeah, I think it's uh, definitely a footnote, not something they put at the top, but it's something you have to consider and definitely something we can consider as, as people who, you know, we cover the team every day. These, these award voters aren't, not everyone is covering the team every day yeah. and we can acknowledge these things like, yeah, Harper dealt with that injury, kind of a freak injury. Um, maybe he shouldn't have been in. And if that didn't happen or if he didn't play like, yeah, these counting stats or not the counting stats, but the, uh, the averages and everything like that, they could be a lot better, which is really, really wild to think. Yeah. The, this season from Harper, man, it's just been, it's been pretty incredible when they signed him to the deal, they were hoping he could, he could put this kind of season together and he's, he's lived up to it here. It's been, it's been impressive to see. And what's really the most wild about it is that he's having like an excellent year. He's going to probably win MVP and it's still like not really close to his best season, which came at age 22 in 2015. Like one of the better seasons that we've seen in like in our life lifetimes here. Like maybe there's more in there. He probably doesn't reach that again just because, and maybe it's unfortunate for him because it came so early. Um, but man, that was so incredible, but maybe there's more in the tank. You never know. Yeah. I mean, judging by the season he's having right now and the fact that his numbers, like I said, could have been even better. I mean, you know, this yeah. might end up being his best season as a Philly, but 
this is what they paid. I mean, I don't even want to say this is what they paid him for because they paid him for less than this. Like <laughs> he's contract wise and value wise and salary wise, he's outperforming his current deal by it. it's not even close. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's he's obviously the uh, the big ticket price, the big sticker price on his deal is very big. But he makes about $25 million a year, which yeah. is like kind of average star price when they're free agents. And he's playing like a superstar right now. So yeah, the Phillies, they haven't been able to kind of take advantage of that, that the luxury tax number isn't super big. Um, they've put together some quality pieces around him, obviously with Real Muto and, and Wheeler, some of the, the deals that they've made, but then... Uh, kind of on the on the edges of the roster they haven't hit and that's kind of the that's kind of the whole story of this season right now is it not that they haven't been able to put together the the right pieces around Harper I think two seasons ago uh, maybe especially during that first half of 2019 where he wasn't as good it was like oh is Harper taking up too much of the uh of the salary that the Phillies can't build around him like is Harper is Harper in the way of them winning? And it's now that that's completely not true at this point. It's the Phillies aren't able to build the winning around Harper. It's yeah. Been, it's just, it's, it's, it's an interesting storyline to watch. And because, um, you know, the Phillies never really made a deal of that caliber before these biggest free agent signing like that uh, in their history, one of the biggest in baseball history. And it's going to be the storyline, but for his whole career, basically, it probably shifts at the end of his career when he's likely not going to be as productive. But right now, it's they have a they have a superstar under under control for a long time, and, and right now he's he's on a deal that's pretty pretty fair to them, and they have to figure out a way here to to make it work. That I don't know if they're going to for this season, but it would be be a major disappointment because, like you said, it might be his best as a Philly. And you, you can't, you can't expect this every year. Yeah. And sort of circling back to your point about how, you know, it's, it isn't him. It's that the lineup around him just hasn't been good enough. We kind of knew coming into the final month of the season, final couple months of the season that, yeah, everybody needs to contribute and everybody needs to play really well in order for the Phillies to make a playoff run. But, but if they were going to do it, the number one reason was probably going to be that Bryce Harper went on an absolute tear. Well, this month, 375, 492, 896. That's a 1.387 OPS. And his OPS in August was 1.231. So, and they're still two and a half games out of the wild card with two or three teams to hop and three games out of the National League East. Kind of goes to show that it can't, it can't just be Harper. You know, Harper is obviously going to need to do the things that he's been doing. He probably, you know, if the lineup around him was doing a little bit better, he wouldn't need to be this absurd for the last couple of months um but guys are gonna need to hit and they're gonna need to get better starting pitching in the last couple of weeks or it's not gonna matter well it's it'll matter if you want to hang your hat on harper winning mvp which is cool but i think in the end people want to see this team make the playoffs yeah and i think that's harper's biggest goal as well yeah. um but yeah i think a lot of things here we we talk about them not being able to put the right pieces around him so far they haven't uh, been producing enough Losing Reese Hoskins has definitely hurt this team. Um, Alec Bohm not being able to 
not being able to produce the same way he did last year. Then he got sent down to triple a and got hurt. That's another, it's another, another big one for them. Um, there's a few others to count Eflin being hurt. Obviously you just think of how many, you think of how many, you know, if this one thing went a little differently, the position they could be in. Um, but it's baseball. It's a long season. We just talked about it with the Padres. Like things happen, people get hurt and you have to, if you want to be like with these elite teams, not even the elite teams, you want to, you want to make it into the playoffs. You have to have the depth pieces behind, behind those players to be able to make up the time when they're gone. And the Phillies don't really have it. They've tried it. They've tried it with these non-roster invitee types, the Therese's who, and the Jankowski's, those types who for stretches, they were really good, but they've mm-hmm. kind of, they ended up kind of normalizing to the players. They really probably are. And then, you know, you see some people, they say, you know, they, they have to ditch these veteran types and give the young players a chance, but the young players that they have called up don't always seem exactly ready. There's players like Nick Maton who have been good in stretches, but Overall, like there's just not that consistent performance. Mickey Moniak, he's only gotten few opportunities, but hasn't really made the most of them. So it's just, I think the the uh, kind of the the final answer there is like the depth just isn't good enough overall, no matter what kind it is, the the veteran or the young player type, and they just have to they have to improve that. They got they have a lot of holes to fill, but they have the pieces at the top to make it work. That's I've said this before, that's really kind of the big storyline of this season. They have the kind of the hard parts figured out, you know, finding the superstars, that's not entirely easy, but they have to be able to fill out the roster. Maybe, maybe, maybe these types start playing better for the last couple of weeks of the season. You know, Ronald Reyes goes on a stretch like he did, or Freddie Galvis gets hot and it, it changes everything or, you know, the starting rotation, they really start carrying for the last two weeks of the season. You never know. I think there's potential for that to happen. But overall, I think next year, that that's really the key. The lesson you can take away from this season is you have to find more consistent players to put on the fringes of this roster um, to produce outside of your, your all-star types. Yeah, and I think the reason, the, the problem with that whole situation isn't, it isn't necessarily that these players aren't great or that they have these players in the first place. Cause every team, you know, not everybody's going to have a Bryce Harper kind of season. The problem is that they're getting regular at bats, like Brad Miller, Ronald Torres, Freddie Galvis, you know, you can say what you will about Freddie Galvis. He had a nice homer on Wednesday, but probably not an everyday starter on a playoff team. And some of the guys around them just aren't performing. Didi Gregorius, I would add has been a, they're, they're going to have a real situation on their hands when it comes to finding a shortstop. Cause I don't know if you can really trot, you, you can really, you know, trust him to be your everyday starter coming into next season based on the year that he had this year. But on both sides of that, I mean, it was just offensively, defensively, it wasn't good. It wasn't pretty at all. Well, whether that comes in the form of a big name shortstop, like a Correa or a Seager or a Story, whoever that might be, they're going to have, they're going to have to figure out something there and it's not going to be easy to trade him too. So, but yeah, it's just that those kinds of players, they're fine. Every team has, you know, a, a Travis Jankowski who plays good for a stretch or a Nick Maton who plays good for who plays well for a stretch or a Ronald Torres who was good for the first part of the season, like you said, and then really has, you know, turned into a, 
kind of an average season, even for himself. I mean, the power is obviously something that's been exciting, but haven't seen that in a while either. So yeah, I, I think it was destiny. Legardo tweeted out a few, a few days ago. It's that talking about, about, about JT, it's that the problem isn't that JT, you know, is having a down year offensively. The problem is that he's probably the fourth or best fourth or fifth best hitter on a playoff team. And he's being trusted and treated like he should be the second best and he's hitting cleanup sometimes he's he's hitting lead off sometimes I mean there's just no it isn't it, it doesn't feel sustainable and it doesn't feel like a lineup that opposing teams fear on a daily basis you can just pitch around Harper which they should be doing more of they haven't been doing enough of that I don't know why he ever gets anything to hit with two outs and nobody on base or really any situation but because he can just hit the ball out of the ballpark and punish you but yeah, they're, they they, they need more protection around. Yeah, they hope he bunts right and then gets thrown out trying to steal second. Which, by the way, I'm I I didn't like the bunt stealing second. I thought it was great. It took a perfect throw and a perfect tag, and he was still barely out. Anyway, they're just going to need more more behind him. And losing Reese Hoskins, you saw in the 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 one game against he was he was only back for three or four games, but the one game against the Padres where he he, he first came back. Hoskins hit two homers and Harper got more pitches to hit. And it was just, this is the offense that you envisioned. And with him out, they need other guys to step up and they need the lineup to be configured in different ways that, you know, doesn't put it all on Harper. And it might still be all on Harper because he's still by far their best hitter, but they're going to have to find a way to make that work. Yeah. A lot of these things we talk about, their issues for next season and beyond, they're at the point where they're stuck with what they have and, we mentioned it. These these guys, they could go on better stretches, and they're really going to need it for the last, uh, but this last stretch of the season. So they they don't waste that that season from not not only Bryce Harper but um, Zach Wheeler. Like that's that's a season you can't waste either. When you have when you have two guys that are pretty much locked to finish locks to finish top five in the MVP and top five in the Cy Young, I would say, like that's not that's not something you want to waste especially especially when your team it's not like this is a these are like breakout kind of seasons like these are established veteran types that they can't they're not getting any younger at this point and you know moving into the rotation talking about Wheeler he's been the one guy there was a couple starts there where he uh you know wasn't as good um kind of fairly recently but overall this season like he's been the one guy that can really rely on but the rest of the starting rotation, if you can even call that when they're rolling out a, a bullpen game uh, every five, five days, it's been, there's some question marks. Losing F, losing F, losing Eflin has been a big issue for them. It's been, it's been, it's been tough to overcome. You know, they added Gibson at the deadline. He started off really well. Since then, he has really cooled off. He's probably more of a four or five type of starter. And he had been pitching like a three, like maybe a, you know, a lesser teams two kind of guy. He was, he was really good to start this season. Um, he's, again, allowed, he's allowed 15 earned runs in his last 15 innings pitched, 20 hits. So, yeah, that's not great. It's not, not, not exactly what you would want. But yeah, there's just too many. Too many questions in this rotation. We don't even have to get into the inconsistent season that Aaron Nola has had. I, I said the one consistent has been uh, Zach Wheeler. That's kind of a lie. Ranger Suarez has been good in any role that they've put him in. He, he's been excellent. The kind of the two guys where you know what you're going to get from, who you know you're going to get from, 
it would be those two. Um, but outside of that, like there, there are definitely, definitely some question marks there. And this bullpen game stuff, like it is not working. They need to figure something out, in my opinion. They released Velasquez, like we said. I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like you can hold on to him. Yeah, he's not great. Could he give you three, four decent innings, you know, manageable innings as a starter? Could he? Could he? The Padres seemingly think so. Yeah, it's got to be better than what they put out yesterday. They were down seven, nothing like that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and it hasn't been great when they've tried it other times. That was on the extreme end of the spectrum, I would say. But you're right. You're right. The, the bullpen game stuff is just what – you know, I get it if you're the Tampa Bay Rays or something and like you can just manage this because you have a really good bullpen. But the Phillies have too many pitchers in their bullpen right now where other than bullpen days, they will never want to use them other than blowouts. So then in a bullpen game, you're putting them in like the seven, second and third inning when it's like a zero, zero game. It's like, well, you don't want these guys to ever pitch in a close game, but now you're putting yourself in a position to where you have to, you have to throw JD hammer. You have to throw Matt Moore. Like you have to throw these guys because you're not throwing out a starter. And I don't know. I don't know what the exact right answer there is, whether it's stretching out falter again, trying Medina there. If you could just get to a point where you have somebody who can give you four innings, maybe that will be a huge help in these last couple of weeks. I, this bullpen game though, I I don't understand it. It's not a good formula. It's not working. No, it, it isn't. It's not working at all. And the problem with the bullpen game, you know, on top of the many problems you just listed, is that if one guy is having doesn't just doesn't have his stuff for whatever reason, whether it's he can't throw strikes or he's, you know, he he's only hitting barrels. He's either only throwing balls or hitting barrels, like kind of what JD Hammer did the other day. You're down 7-0, and then you're probably going to lose. They didn't end up losing that game. They went on a 17-1 to run, I guess you could say. But, yeah, I, I, I might be missing something here. So call me out if this is just totally stupid. But why didn't they skip that spot in the rotation? Like, why wasn't Wheeler throwing yesterday? Because, sure, maybe you want him to pitch against the Mets and you want to line him up for the final game of the season. But what really – I mean, are you configuring your rotation around the Mets series when the Mets are – how many games back the Mets are two and a half games back of the Phillies and both of the, of the races. And then are you lining him up for the last game of the season? When theoretically, if he was pitching Saturday, when the last game Sunday, he would theoretically be in line to pitch the wild card game. And instead you're just going with the same bullpen thing. I, why? That, my that my only thought sense. there, my only thought there is that Wheeler, um, he's thrown a lot of innings, thrown yeah, a lot of pitches has. He could use a little extra rest maybe, but yeah, that's, these are kind of the tough decisions you have to make though, when you're in this race and you have like two reliable starters at this point Yeah, the bullpen game, you've heard my thoughts. They need to figure something out. What, what would your suggestion be? Not Vince Velasquez. I'll tell, I'll tell you that right now. Um, that ship has I mean, sailed you, anyway. Yeah. Do you, do you give the start to a, to a Bailey Falter or a Matt Moore and hope that they can give you three or four and then piece it together from there. I mean, they don't have, they don't have anybody that's going to give you six or seven innings. So your options are kind of limited in that sense. My first solution would be, I get the whole wheel to rest thing, but you need to skip that, that turn in the rotation as many times as you possibly can. Um, if it's not going to be severely detrimental to pitcher's health and maybe that's 
the calculation and maybe the calculations that they would have been. But I certainly don't want to see more trotted out there every every fifth day. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Falter every fifth day, but he has, he's been pretty not great himself in the last couple of weeks. So last couple of months, really, ever since the whole COVID thing. I don't want to say the bullpen thing is the only option, but what other options do you have? Yeah, I guess Medina is the other one, like a three-inning start from Adonis Medina. Um, that's the only reason I say Vince Velasquez, because like all these options are pretty bad. He had a 595 ERA this season with the Phillies. That is good. true. That's true. You're not wrong. I'm not saying it's a good option exactly, but probably a little better than what they have going on right now. I don't know. These are these are the kind of when you're having these kind of discussions, um, it kind of makes you realize that this team um, has a lot of problems. Yeah, that yeah, <laughs> and spending yeah, and spending seven million dollars on Chase Anderson and Matt Moore did not solve those problems. No, it did not. No, it did not. Uh, many of their free agent signings this year um, did not work out as well as they would have hoped. That's something maybe maybe having Dombrowski there for a full offseason um, can kind of fix that this offseason. I don't know if you can exactly predict that, but coming in late. Kind of grasping def- at straws here. Now, coming in, coming in late, definitely, you know, you're late on all the negotiations, I, I guess. Sure. That definitely plays a factor. But even so, like, there are certain players that they targeted. You know, they paid more for Archie Bradley than other teams did. Um, and that didn't hasn't really worked out exactly as they would have hoped. Um, but, yeah, they were just kind of put in a position where they needed to bring D.D. Gregorius back. That's another thing that I think is maybe different if Dombrowski's there. They could have targeted another shortstop or had another plan but these are all uh you know they're all over and done with we've talked about it plenty there's a lot they have to do going forward but what would you say in this season to keep it to the rest of the season as we we wrap this up here what is like the one is there one singular key that they have to do to like sneak into the playoffs or is it just kind of hope these other teams lose gloomy as it may sound it probably has a lot to do with the latter but and they're gonna have to they're gonna put themselves in a position where they're gonna have to sweep the Braves I mean I don't know I feel like every year for the last couple years it's come down to oh they gotta sweep the Braves or slash nationals and then they get swept or something to that effect so yeah yeah that I mean they're obviously gonna need some help they're they're three out with 16 to play in the National League East that's certainly not easy it's not it's not 2007 type of deficit but it's you know, doesn't make it, make it likely. And then they just got to get better starting pitching. I mean, we've said it for the last, however many months, the key to the success, the the key to their success, this rest of the season is going to be Aaron Nola figuring it out. Hasn't happened yet. It happened for a, a, you know, a couple starts here and there, but it hasn't really been consistent at all. And even those starts, there have been some flashes, but then we'll follow it up with, you know, another, another, another stinker. So that's going to be huge. Getting Kyle Gibson back to what he was in his first few starts with the Phillies is going to be big. Wheeler needs to keep on being Wheeler. Ranger needs to keep on being Ranger. And then they need to figure out the bullpen thing, the bullpen game thing. I actually think the offense is, it isn't sustainable to just have Harper carry you for a full season, but if it's 16 games and he's hitting the way that he is right now, and he's basically just carrying a load all by himself, 
and you have not everybody enter a complete tailspin at once, they can score enough runs. I'm not terribly concerned about that. You know, they're going to have some games where Harper goes three for four, but two solo homers and a double and they lose seven to two or something like that. So obviously that's something you can't really avoid, but yeah, as far as the number one key to getting hot in the last couple of weeks, other than beating up on bad teams, which would be a concept if that was a thing that this team could do. Um, it, they, the starting pitching just has to be better. It just has to be better. There's, there's no other way that they can, they can sneak into the playoffs. And I, I like the, the word you use there, sneak into the playoffs. Because if they ended up getting in, it would be quite the sneak because it, it I, don't, I don't know it, if they're it, really going to, yeah. It's because these other teams like that are probably just on paper better than them, like the Braves and Padres, they're, they're falling on their face here. Um, yeah. Injury definitely is a big key for, for both those teams. And you can say that with the Phillies too, but these teams have been disappointing. And if this, the, if the Phillies did manage to make it into the playoffs, you never know what can happen there, but it would, would definitely feel like they, uh, I don't know, they pulled a trick on somebody a little bit, but yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to happen. It'll certainly be interesting and it'd be a kind of good way for them to, to uh, punctuate prop, maybe the best season they're going to get from Harper. You never know. Maybe he tops this one, but it'd certainly be a good way to end this season that likely ends with an MVP. What, what would you put as far as percentages for them to both? We'll, we'll do win the East first and then win the, win the, not, not, not based off of playoff odds or any model or anything yeah. like that based off, off of off the gut, intuition, the gut, off yeah. the gut. Yeah. Um, feels like the division is a little more likely just because they have that series with the Braves at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they have like a like a thirty percent chance of winning the East, mm-hmm. and like a twenty five percent chance of winning the Wild Card, and like I don't know, I don't know what that would put them. Maybe like a like a 30 like a 32 percent chance of making the playoffs or something maybe that's okay. a little high what do yeah, you think it feels it feels about right i i think i'm a little more pessimistic i'd probably say 20 percent to win the east and um, 15 to win the wild card just because there's so many teams to hop there and you know the cardinals are, they've won five in a row seven out of ten so they they're not it seems like nobody really wants to win the wild card certainly the padres and the reds don't really want it and that, not that i'm a you know don't they just want it more kind of yeah game. no i know you mean. <laughs> but the cardinals but are struggling and running with it yeah but yeah i don't know i think that's it for me you have anything else that's all i got it's all, all i know is something something absurd is going to happen in the last couple of weeks i mean they're gonna they're gonna put themselves in a in a position like i said where they have to sweep the braves and they'll lose two out of three or get swept and also manage to get swept by the orioles somewhere in there too so <laughs> buckle up well We'll have to see how it plays out. But Phillies fans, I, I think you know this. Um, enjoy this end of the, the season for Bryce Harper. It's going to be one of the better ones that you will see. And we'll see. We'll all have to see if the Phillies are going to be able to, you know, do, do their end uh, around him. We'll see how it goes at the end of the season. But thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah.